4: Ty's got good
5: hair. Doug Amos, who now joins us, he's the host of a bunch of different shows. Max Roundtable, he does scoreboard, high school stuff on Friday, and then football Saturdays. At this point, at one point, Tommy Doug was waking up at two o'clock in the morning to do his television show.
2: And it is there. I mean, is there a worse job in, in in broadcast or in journalism or whatever whatever you want to call this this world we live in, guys, where you're doing morning TV? He did it voluntarily? I mean, morning TV's got to be the worst because, like you said, it's a 2 a.m. wake-up.
6: I mean, is there a worse, worse deal, Doug? And and the good news, boys, is it only took me two years to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and so I'm back at it now on radio. That's where my face belongs on radio. Ty can vouch for that. How yeah. you guys doing over but- there in Arkansas? But
2: I mean, we're good, man. You know, the twenty four thousand dollars a year they pay to do morning TV makes it all worth it. So exactly.
6: Yeah. Well, you, you know me. I'm kind of like you guys. I'm just my own little entity. So when I get an opportunity, I'll roll the dice, see how it plays out, and then uh, reassess a little bit later on. I heard your last call. If y'all would allow me just to throw something in,
3: mm-hmm. y'all
6: got a guy coming from right here in my backyard next yep. year, maybe even at the break. Uh, at the the turn of the calendar, that's going to energize that fan base big time. It's another K.J. He wears one here at St. James. Let me tell you something. K.J. Jackson is the real deal. He's starting his fourth year at quarterback, and he can get it done. I don't know what y'all have in the cupboard over there at quarterback. I, I honestly can admit that. But this guy's going to change the QB room over there. I'm just telling you.
5: Doug, you told me that his high school coach, his former high school coach, said he's the, the best high school player ever
6: been around, yes. right? The absolute best. And Jimmy Perry has been, and Jimmy Perry retired after KJ helped him win a state championship last year. This guy's coached at the highest levels in this state, Robert E. Lee. He's been on Auburn staff, uh, and he says he's the best high school player he's ever seen. Uh-huh. I agree. He's also a smart kid and a really good, good young man. I I cannot praise KJ Jackson enough for what Arkansas and Sam Pittman are getting next year.
5: Yeah, class of twenty twenty four to be commit. I know Arkansas fans are excited about him. Definitely, let's talk about this game this Saturday, Doug. Eleven a.m. Tuscaloosa. It's sandwiched between the Aggies this past week, an emotional win for Alabama, and the third Saturday out of October. Any chance the Rat Poison gets to the Crimson Tide this week and they are lackadaisical early against Arkansas?
6: I mean, I think it could. I I do agree with one of the things that Saban addressed and and some people that cover Alabama addressed. I, I think this is one of the few teams Alabama's had since 2008 that's had a long way to go and a lot of opportunities to get better and better and better. I think most Alabama teams since eight uh, have kind of been already there for the most part, and there had not been that much room for improvement. Uh, there's a lot of room for improvement on this team, as we've seen week in and week out. So I think they're not maybe as possible victims of the rat poison as teams that maybe in their own mind and maybe even in the coach's mind they were already kind of Pretty much
2: near the, their peak ability. yeah Doug, when's the last time you've seen an Alabama team carried this much by their defense? I mean, uh, I'm not—I don't know how to, to rate this defense compared to other elite Alabama defenses, but it's—it's it's pretty clear to anyone watching the last three to four weeks. This Alabama defense has awakened uh, since that Texas game, and and they're carrying this team right now.
6: Probably, you know. You'd have to take me back pre 2010, probably eight or nine. You know, McElroy was the starting quarterback in nine, um, and they had some really close shaves because they weren't overly dynamic uh, with the football, despite having Julio Jones and, and Mark Ingram. That they still had games where you just went, wow, man, the defense is. I mean, go look at the Tennessee game, the, the, they scored 12 points in the game. Uh, at home against Tennessee. I think it's been that long, guys. Uh, but I do think something clicked because we didn't see that defense against Texas. Uh, they never laid a hand on, on Quinn Ewers, as far as I can remember. But the second half of the Ole Miss game, it seemed like things changed from just a schematic standpoint. It looked like they said, okay, we're not going to keep playing the Pete Golding sit-back type of defense and keep everything in front. We're going to go after the quarterback. And they went after Jackson Dart. They got after Will Rogers. And then of course they got after Max Johnson as well uh, this past Saturday.
2: All of this talk about Saban and, you know, he's past his prime. Um, you know that everyone's closed the gap on him. Uh, the dynasty's over. How how motivating is that? How much is, is that a media conversation or Or is that a real conversation or or some real motivation within those
6: walls? Well, I'll say this. He is past his prime. He's not where he was. Uh, The gap is close and it is, you know, becoming less wide because of NIL and Transfer Portal. Uh, But he does seem different to me. Um, Just his press conferences. I think you can just watch his weekly press conferences. Uh, and you can sense there's a difference in him. I mean, he literally weekly would find a way to get mad at the media and send a message, and and he's just different. I don't know if he's taken a Xanax prior to the press conferences or not, but, you know, at least against Mississippi State, Miss Terry, as he said, gave him an opportunity to get get on the players again, but... Um, it, it's not Alabama of old, but I do think that they can keep getting better and better and and b- have a, a, a good chance to win the games that are on their schedule. Let's just leave it at that.
5: So two years ago, we saw a great matchup between Bryce Young and KJ Jefferson, and really Traylon Burks was a, a, a massive part of that piece. Pittman went for it on that fake field goal. It a back and it's a back-and-forth game. Doug... How does Arkansas score on this Alabama defense Saturday?
6: Well, I think Alabama's always had struggles with K.J. Jefferson. I mean, the game you're talking about was just an absolute track meet. Um, And I I think, K.J., and I know y'all are your fans and maybe your listeners are down on Arkansas. I think the BYU game was inexcusable. Uh, I think the LSU game was there to be had, as was the Ole Miss game, there to be had uh, on the road. And then, of course, what happened with A&M, kind of some weird stuff. I think A&M is extremely capable of being in this game and even having a chance in this game. Alabama is not, has not separated itself from the teams in the West that, that have quality, and I still say Arkansas has quality.
5: So, are we on another trajectory for an Alabama-Georgia collision course? A lot of people are saying it wasn't going to happen this year, but based on what we've seen through the first games, would you bet on it still being those two teams in Atlanta for the SEC championship?
6: You know, Ty, I think I've shared this with you in the past. I think all of us, media, fans, coaches even, feel like teams are defined by the last thing we saw. So, right up until last Saturday night, we were thinking Georgia wasn't the old Georgia. Now, after what they did to Kentucky, we think they're unbeatable again. Um, I heard Von Baum bon say something like that yesterday, and I just shook my head. You know, Alabama's defense played really, really well in the second half against Texas A&M. The defensive line got after it. Uh, do I think Alabama can make it to Atlanta? Yes. Do I think Alabama has a leg up? Yes, I do. Uh, do I think Georgia is unbeatable? No, I do not. Um, so if you ask me, if you're holding a gun to my head, that who you think's in Atlanta, I would say today, on Tuesday, that I think it'll be Alabama and Georgia. But if it's not, I'm not going to be shot. I just... That's just my
5: opinion. Doug, last thing again, Doug Amos with us on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. He's the host of several radio shows across the state of Alabama. Doug, Tiger Bowl, Death Valley this weekend, not the one we had in Columbia, Missouri. Auburn, LSU, Hugh Freeze taking on Brian Kelly. How do you see that one shaking out as we let you go
6: here? Well, I would say this, if Auburn doesn't get the 100-yard mark in passing in this Power 5 game, they would be 0 for 4. Less than 100 against Cal. Less than 100 against Georgia. Less than 100 against Texas A&M. LSU's defense has been tossed all around the room. Uh, if Auburn's going to get right offensively, it's going to be against LSU. But I'm just not sure they can stop Jaden Daniels. I think Daniels is the best player in this league, not named Bowers. And uh, I-, I believe LSU's going to be really tough to beat when the lights come on at Tiger Stadium Saturday night.
5: Doug, we'll leave it there. We appreciate your insight this morning and hopping on with us, and uh, can't wait to see you in Dallas at SEC Media Days next July.
6: And look forward to having you uh, with me this Thursday morning, so we'll uh, reciprocate.
5: All right, man. That sounds like a plan.
6: Take care, buddy.
5: Got a text from Phil and Flippin' on the McCarty Daniel Hotline saying, Doug Amos is a great man, went to church with him, and Jimmy Perry for five years when he was living in Montgomery, Alabama. It's funny, the connections we have from time to time on the McLarty-Daniel hotline. And apparently, again, Phil knows him at this point in time. I think it was, again, talking about K.J. Jackson. I know that's a long way off, and we'll see what the quarterback situation looks like once K.J. Deverson departs. But that kind of posed an interesting question. K.J.'s not having a good year. Anybody with eyes can see that. Is there an actual chance... That he comes back for another year. And the other question you have to ask that's being stated behind closed doors does Arkansas want him to come back, or
2: does this need to be a parting of ways where he moves on at this point? I don't know how to answer your second question other than an opinion. But the first, the, the question or the answer to your first question is yes. Uh, in fact, I think the odds are better than 50 50 he comes back because, you know, if you, if you believe what you hear and the rumblings in the room, I think we'd all say would you say it's safe to say that? KJ's nil money is well north of half a million a year. I don't know how to pin down the exact figure, but it's it's a good. You want me to ask him? Well, I mean, how would she make KJ? Right, right. Just you know, and you know, you know, ask ask somebody ask a female how much they weigh and how old they are while you're at it. But you know, so I mean, but I think we'd all well, I, I I'm firmly confident that it's between half a million and a million dollars that he's getting in nil money. Well, you got to stop and make a business decision here. Is KJ more likely to make a million dollars in the NFL or a million dollars next year at Arkansas or or somewhere in that range? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the business decision says Arkansas because, you know, everyone I listen to, everyone I've talked to that, that, that knows knows something about this doesn't believe if he goes, if he goes in the draft, it'll be in the latter round. Not a lot of guaranteed money there. And there's, you know, not a lot of certainty that he would make a 53-man roster as a quarterback. Yeah. and So, I, I mean, financially, he's had the money he's made this year and potentially next year. So, I, I, I don't know if it's Arkansas, but I think he plays college football next year somewhere.
5: Yeah, and I don't know what that would do to the quarterback room if you would have a transfer, if Jacoby would elect to to go somewhere else, or Malachi Singleton would go somewhere else, or KJ Jackson would decommit. I don't know what the thoughts are on that. Wouldn't Chris Will have to be
2: a graduate at this point? say that one more time to transfer again without in that now the rule that if you transfer again without unless you're a graduate once you've transferred once you'd have to sit a year in order to play somewhere else yeah and
5: he was a i think class of 2019 right. quarterback 2020 so he's he would be at that point i think that's
2: I think you're, you're you're right in asking that question. Right. I think he is. You'd have at that to be point. a graduate, and if you've yeah. already transferred in, you'd have to be a graduate to transfer out without, without, penal, without yeah, penalty. Without penalty at City. And he, I and think he is at that point. Now, I, I did on the
5: subject of KJ Jefferson. I did find it interesting when Sam Pittman was talking about maybe some flaws within the offense and why they're not getting things working. I, I want you to read between the lines on what he says here when it comes to some issues with the RPO.
4: Some of our problems. In the RPO, when we hand the ball off and we're not blocking a linebacker, when we hand the ball off and he makes the play, sometimes it looks like an unblocked guy, which he is, but it's designed to throw the football if if he's out of a area. And sometimes we handed the ball off, and that there was a couple, two, three times there that the guy made the play and, and we weren't accounting for him. I mean, that's about as. So What do
5: you hear there? Straightforward. I'm hearing (laughs) KJ needs to throw the football, and he's handing it off instead.
2: Uh, And he—that's the end result. What I'm hearing is he's making the wrong read. Yes. I mean, he's made the wrong decision based on the coaching of what he's been taught to do. Hey, it says if the if the linebacker comes and he doesn't occupy that area, throw. I mean, that's what coach just said. So you're making the wrong in-game, in-battle decision. There. Yeah,
5: and we had J.R. mention this earlier. There's a couple slant routes he missed. The final drive, gosh, he had Andrew Armstrong wide open. Armstrong would have had 5-10 yards in front of him. They'd be well past the 50 at that point. Just a couple throws in that game he'd love to have back, but that's really the first time coaches have been kind of open about that.
1: hey it's phil elson from all these years watching baseball i've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element james teague isn't closing innings anymore he's closing cases with almost 30 years in the business teague law firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues divorce custody and child support they can also help with criminal law both felonies and misdemeanors call james and the teague law firm at 479-531-2785 531-2785, 5312785 online at lawcom The Teague law firm if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball.
5: Betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. Betonline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V. E A V Bet online where the game starts.
2: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, here we go. Roll it out. All right. Uh, hard to argue at the top and really, I mean, I thought this was the easiest top six to lay out maybe of the season. Georgia at number one after a beatdown of Kentucky. 51-13, to 6-0, number one of the country, undefeated in the SEC. I don't know why CBS is doing a doubleheader this week, but they play Vandy at 11 o'clock. I don't understand that. We don't have to watch it because we can watch Arkansas and Bama, but I don't understand why CBS is playing one of those cards this week with Georgia Vandy in the 11 a.m. game. Alabama at number two in the league. Aren't there some good cartoons on or something? Some, I mean, <laughs> Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Arkansas Bama. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it didn't turn into that. But uh, Oh, yeah. Arkansas and Bama at 11 a.m. Saturday. Um, Bama, I got number two after their win. Over A and M this week, twenty six to twenty. Alabama's defense is carrying this team right now, but that defense is so good, and giving everybody like their their worst offensive output and production of the year with everyone they're playing, they're carrying this team, and it's good enough right now to have them at five and one. And since the Texas game, they have woke up.
7: Well, Mil- Milro did throw for over three hundred against A and M. I mean, he threw the deep ball a few times. I mean, that that was
2: his best game. Yeah. You'd agree that the defense is carrying the team. Of course. Yeah. I mean, just look at what they're doing. Arkansas's offense is already when, struggling. Yeah. And now you're going to play what I believe is the best team you're going to see all year. And it's going to be the best defense without question you see well, all Well,
7: I year. mean, you take away the Tennessee game last year when is that defense not carried Alabama? Mm-hmm.
2: All right, so Georgia won, Alabama two. I got Ole Miss at three. They beat Arkansas twenty-seven to twenty. They're good enough on defense. Jackson Dart. I don't think they had a great game against Arkansas. They coming off the Bama game, but uh, I I don't think any. You can't put LSU ahead of them because they beat LSU. Uh, I've got Ole Miss at three this week till proven otherwise.
7: One, two, three. We're 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 on the same page. Georgia,
2: Bama, Ole Miss. I got LSU at four after their win on the road at Missouri. Uh, they beat Missouri forty-nine to thirty-nine. They play Auburn. That's a big game this week for both schools, LSU and Auburn. I got Auburn at number four. Our LSU See, number four. I, I
7: finally woke up. I took Tennessee from the abyss, and <laughs> I've got good. us up to number four now. Okay, so I'm wow. Scared. Uh, LSU, y'all been everybody's high on LSU. All I remember about LSU was Tennessee beat them by thirty last year. And Texas A&M beat them in the last game of the year. So the two times I actually watched them, they played terrible. Uh, I'm still not an LSU. Fan. They should have lost. Yeah. I don't know what Drinkwitz was thinking on that last drive. You could see him. He tried to slow the clock down, and instead of playing hurry up, they they slowed it down. They got a five yard illegal motion. They got jammed up on uh, second down, and then that punt that that uh, snap went thirty yards over the quarterback's head. But LSU almost lost that game up in Columbia, so i, I, I do not know on them. All right. Well, well got, yeah, they did win,
2: but I got Tennessee next. So okay. I, where do you have LSU? Fifth. Okay, so we just flip flop. So them. Tennessee was off last week. A and M. If, if Tennessee beats A and M, they go. They do move up. So I mean that didn't play last week. Just left them alone at four and one. Yeah, they had an open date. Getting so healthy. They're at five. Uh, then I. I know A&M lost to Bama, but I've got them at six yeah. because I think A&M's better than Kentucky. I think they're better than Missouri. I think they're better than Florida. Yeah. So, uh, and then everybody else I think is, is pretty obvious. So, uh, Georgia one, Bama two, Ole Miss three, LSU, Tennessee, A&M complete the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Yeah. Same six. I just I just homered. We just have four I homered, five, I homered, okay. I
7: homered Tennessee for the That's first right. time this year, you
2: know. Well, and in the, in the polls, if that matters... Tennessee is nineteen and LSU is twenty two. So I mean, yeah. if you you know, I wouldn't die on the hill of LSU and Tennessee. You know, but I, I could flip those around just as easily. That's not a hill to die on there. But I think uh, this league is starting to, you know, halfway through six weeks in, we're starting to figure out kind of who's who's who in this league. And, and what a shock! Georgia and Alabama are one and two. Mm, Who'd have thought that? In. Everybody's tired of it. They want something different, but the. That, that's the, the problem. Everybody, the
7: oh, Kentucky's going to give them a game. You know, Georgia hadn't played well and they put it together. I don't think anybody's talking about Georgia anymore. On to the next subject.
2: Bama and LSU, I mean, I, I know there's just some other games that got to happen, but that's the big game. I mean, that's that's the one that's likely going to decide the west and I think Bama's probably headed back to Atlanta and I think Bama's going to beat them. play Georgia and I, I think right now I mean there's a lot of football between now and first weekend in December but you you're telling me that Alabama isn't good enough to beat Georgia you right miss, now
7: you missed your you missed your shot somebody should have played Alabama besides Texas the first couple of weeks mm-hmm. they got it figured out now
2: so after that I got Kentucky uh just outside they would be my seventh team Missouri 8 if you wanted to flip flop those, I wouldn't argue that much. Florida, Auburn, South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Vandy. It's kind of how yeah.
7: the order I've got Wolf. them in. I flip, yeah. I flip flop Missouri and Kentucky, and I flip flop. I had Arkansas thirteenth, just above Vandy. So outside of that, we're the same.
2: Yeah. So I mean, once you get past about ten, it doesn't really doesn't really matter a lot. This week, the buys are Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, you've got uh, we said Georgia at Vandy. You got Arkansas, Bama. Um, You've got uh, Ole Miss on a bye. LSU plays Auburn, Tennessee and A and M, and then um, uh, also Florida's at South Carolina, Missouri at Kentucky this week. So a couple those of good are games. games coming up. A
7: couple of good games.
2: So that's how they stand. So where am I right? Where am I wrong? I think you're right.
7: I think you got the top six. Uh, that's the best six teams in the SEC right now, and I think Missouri and Kentucky are the next best two. They're both five and one. Uh, both of them, I think, are having surprisingly good seasons. And then guess what? They get to play each other. So uh, the winner of that game might be number six next week.
2: So Tennessee-Georgia, Bama-LSU, biggest two games, I guess, obviously left on the schedule, right? Uh, Ole Miss-Georgia is a big game. Uh, they play right before
7: Tennessee-Georgia. Uh, I think that that's a separation game. And uh, I don't know. Ten- Tennessee's got a lot of tough games. they got to play at Alabama. Uh, A and M obviously this week they've got several losable games before they get to Georgia. It'd be nice if they both have one loss uh, late November, but
2: then you'd have the tiebreaker. I mean, you got Tennessee can't afford to lose one, obviously. So after losing to Florida,
7: this is not an eleven and one thing.
2: And LSU's not going. You know, I don't think LSU would go to Atlanta, but I mean we. We look at them at three and one yeah everybody focuses on that four and two because of the the playoff but you know LSU and Ty you brought this up I don't know last week one day what if LSU does run the table what if they do beat Bama what if they do beat Georgia and they're a two lost team now what do you do if you're the playoff committee that's a toughie. I, I don't think it will play out that way, but that They don't that is, have the defense. They don't have the defense. Have the defense. The I, think, I think that's what we've seen. is They don't have the defense. We were talking table. about this. Bama's in the West. Bama's defense is number one, yeah. right? And then after that, I think it's A&M two, And I'd probably put Ole Miss. And, and and as far as just pure defense, Arkansas comes up somewhere on the tail end of the conversation. Because they've played pretty good. They, but, they're but, playing but good but enough to lose every game by a score. But they're they're keeping if they had any offense on the other side of the ball. I mean, but, yeah. but Arkansas's defense is not bad. Um, that, that's not why the record is the way it is. Point is LSU's probably fourth in the division in defense. Yeah, somewhere they're in that neighborhood. Terrible. So I don't think they'll they'll and run the. They've table.
7: lost two games because of their defense. Yeah.
2: So I don't I don't think that'll happen. But they
5: them. do have the best offense in the SEC. So you have to factor that in as well. Points yeah. cover up for Whoever a Whoever has the ball last usually yeah. wins mm-hmm. their game. I mean, Daniels, is, a, Saw it this last Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC. Yeah. I don't think it's really close at this Malik point. Malik
7: Neighbors is the best receiver. Mm-hmm. How he gets open against Missouri on that last touchdown, I mean, if there's one guy you have to account for. It's so. him.
5: Oh, and they didn't throw him. I don't. Know, I didn't understand that final drive against Ole Miss. They didn't throw him the football. They didn't target him one time in that uh, that final drive against Ole Miss. I don't know what Mike Denbrock and Brian Kelly and Daniels were thinking in that situation. But yeah, LSU. This is the war, and this is not just an overstatement. This is the worst defense they've had. You have to go back before Saban got there. That's how bad they are defensively. And they've. I mean, they've got dudes. They've got Wingo. They've got Smith. They've got Perkins. But they don't have any secondary players. There's no, I mean, we know Greg Brooks again, going what he, doing what he's going through. Unfortunately, they got no guys that you are scared of in that secondary
2: at all, and that's for a place that's been known yeah, for elite. I mean, from
5: Matthew Claiborne, Peterson. I mean, the list goes on. Jones, the list goes on and on and on in Baton Rouge, and they don't have a single one of them this year. And I don't know how that. I don't know how that happens, to be honest. And in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they
7: can't put the ball in the end zone, though.
5: Yeah, and that—I mean—that they out... still determine the winner with points. Yeah, they I think, do. They, I they still, think that's how they come listen, up with who they, the winner is. They've still yeah. got Alabama. They got to go to Bryant Denny. They've still got A and know they lost that game to Ole Miss. They, could they easily their... be
2: a four-loss team. Just it, it's more likely for them to be a four-loss team at the end of it than it is to run the tape. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so.
5: That's not. That's, it's not sitting well right now. I've talked to a couple of LSU radio people. It. <laughs> I mean, these two losses earlier is not sitting well in Baton Rouge. I mean, this after. is
2: this is where playing LSU early this year cost Arkansas because playing LSU in November might have been more gettable, you know, this year than it would have been where, where you caught them this year in the schedule. It is, it is what it is, but LSU by that point might be well, a far more beatable try, team. Try
7: to never schedule one home game in your first six again.
2: Well, that A and M deal, you know, is what fouled it all up.
5: Well, you hope that LSU's on, because you get them next year at home, you hope they're at the back end, like you're saying, Tommy, instead of the front end. You still played them? I mean, say that, you lost by three. I oh, know. And, I mean, no. you had every chance and opportunity to win that football game, you just
2: mm-hmm. found another way to lose it. I'm saying, Arkansas is not getting crushed. You know, they're, they, they've lost to three ranked teams, well, A&M's not ranked, but, um, you know, probably will be again at some point, you know, by a possession. You're losing by possessions. That, that's the thing that's got everybody, you know, and, and and then you pile up, there. it's four in a row. If Chuck said this yesterday, I've heard a, a bunch of other people, if you beat BYU, the whole mood, the whole narrative's, I think, different. But you didn't, and did. that's why you're in yeah. the mess you're in. Yeah. Hey, listen, you beat Alabama this week and the mood's different too. Yeah, that'll atone
5: for some things. Prove it wrong. First time in twenty years you've done it in Tuscaloosa, first time in seventeen tries to get
7: Saban. You were on that bandwagon yeah, about I three can't be on ago. it now.
5: You don't have an offensive line to back me up yeah, on that. If, I'm uh, not staying I'm not standing behind that offensive line. We're lucky KJ is
2: to be honest. I'd have just won the Powerball. Things would be different too, but but I didn't, you so. wouldn't
7: would be sitting here right now. Oh, I would, yeah.
2: This I mean, what else would you want to do with 1.4 billion in your pocket? You
7: could probably <laughs> eat some really nice lamb. Probably, you could probably have your own lamb farm
2: and shish and, kebab and have lamb chops on your private jet. That's it. There you go. That's with that's mint, it. is it mint jelly you have with that? What do you, What do you, It's mint. Oh, I don't something. eat. I don't eat that kind. No.
1: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast.
2: Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics.
5: I know what, where a lot of people are wondering, "Hey, what's the injury status looking like for Saturday?" Here's coach yesterday didn't get exactly give specifics, but a couple guys that they don't know just yet.
4: There's a possibility of about five not being able to play, and then a possibility of maybe two of those five being able to play. But we got to see through practice if they can get through workout or get through a non contact practice, things of that nature. And then those type injuries are daily evals to see whether they're able to play or not. It makes it hard, too, because on one side you're you're trying to prepare without them and then the other one you're trying to prepare with them so the sooner we can find that out the better off it would be
5: no McLaughlin this last week again Concussions. everyone's reacts differently. Don't know if you'll have him back in Tuscaloosa this weekend. you like to have him against Burden and some of the other Alabama wide receivers. The guys I remember talking with Chuck about yesterday, young freshman, I saw him walking off the sideline into the locker room was Jalen Braxton, uh, Cam Ball, another name, uh, Al Walcott. And I think, uh, yeah, Chris Paul was the other one too, at this point that I oh. remember specifically and wonder about their status this weekend. So,
2: listening to what he just said, I mean, he, the country boy math is pretty clear. Five that might play, or uh, five that could not play, two that might play. So, that sounds like three from old country boy math here that uh, are definitely out. So. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, which stinks, and I don't know which those players are. Not specifics on that, but you are going to have to, again, adjust, which was already going to be... Definitely changes it. Yeah, week. it's already going to be difficult to begin with going to... Alabama at this point. We did get the game time. Tommy, I think this is the first time of the season you've been off. 11 a.m. on ESPN. I was thinking it was going to be 11 o'clock on the SEC Network or 3 o'clock in the SEC where you pointed out that with less games this next weekend for Mississippi State or for this next weekend that they wouldn't put that 3 o'clock SEC Network game. But yeah, you've got Back-to-back 11 a.m. games, one on the road in Brian D this weekend. Next one in Fayetteville. At least it's on ESPN, but that's where you host the Bulldogs
2: at 11. Yeah, you got five games on the 21st. So, um, you know, and there's also some national stuff that you got to figure And They don't always put an SEC game at 11 on ESPN. This week they do. They always, obviously, on the SEC network will have one in that window. And it was pretty easy to pick out Alabama-Tennessee in that 230 window. So, you know, 11, 6.30, I know, I know that you'd rather be at 6 for the tailgating on a home game, for the recruiting on a home game, all of those things. But uh, back-to-back 11 a.m. starts, and, uh, you know, I hate it for the fans because you've been deprived of tailgating and you've been deprived of being there, and then you've had to suffer through the losses. Um, it'd been good to, to kind of feel like you're getting some value because it's, it's not just the games, it's going for the experience, it's going for the tailgates, it's for the all-day, you know, pomp and circumstance of a, of a college Saturday, and you kind of miss out on that with an 11 a.m. start. Everybody gets there at once, traffic's frustrating because everybody arrives in about a 60-minute window, it's just, you know, so I, I just hate it for the fans. Fans deserve better than 11, but, you know... It is what it is. Yeah,
5: and again, this Saturday we'll have our pregame coverage beginning at six a.m. for Arkansas game day, presented by the Stadium Shop on Razorback and Casey Insurance Partners. It will be myself and Big C live from Tuscaloosa, and then postgame it'll be me, Zach. And DQ for hog reaction presented by the Teague Law Firm and Signature Bank again in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa, courtesy of our friends at Ag Up Equipment, agup So that's the setup. will probably post game will probably be about three thirty to five thirty, if I have to ballpark
2: it. So a lot was being made yesterday on halftime and Ruskin and Zach of your record behind enemy lines. Uh, I think it's now at one and eight. The football team it's is- one and I think it's one and eight. Um, now, and I, I thought was Phil, and I thought Phil had the best suggestion of all. That uh, if this thing doesn't turn around, it might be time to shave your head. I'm not shaving this hair, not doing that.
5: Uh, we can we can talk about something else. But I thought Phil's suggestion was
2: was pretty on point I mean, yesterday.
5: Bruce, Bruce asked Bruce asked why I'm down in the dumps. It's because our football team sucks right now.
2: Yeah, well, your offense is is lackluster. I mean. W- your, your defense do you does want? not suck. You
5: want me to be in a... Yeah, the, listen. Credit to Travis. I said, that, oh, I said that about 100 times after a hog reaction. I kept saying, thank you, Travis Williams and defense for standing tall. But your offense is atrocious. This, I mean, it's just so hard to watch. And you, you made a good point. Are they going to score a touchdown on Saturday? Like legitimately against this defense. And I know college football is a weird game. No one thought that it was going to be under 30 for either team this past Saturday. So it would just be in the Arkansas football nature to have the best offensive output against the best defense you play all year. Doesn't make any sense. But you know why I'm down in the dumps? It's because our football team's lost four straight games.
2: It should be pointed out my behind enemy lines record is unblemished. So, I mean, you know, that is what it is. But, you know, some can, some can't.
5: I I mean I have no pushback at all. The record is what it is. Yeah, undefeated. When it comes to, it comes to the football game, undefeated. You've been Here. one. you one time. One and zero. Uh, I'm gonna. You know
2: what I'm gonna have actually to, two.
5: I'm but, gonna have to fall on the sword and go to Gainesville as well, since you're not going to that anymore. So we might uh might chalk that up to another loss.
2: One and eight. <sighs>
5: I hope we win this weekend, so maybe I'll be in a better mood. That's going to do it for your hog update. It's brought to you by our friends at Mister Sparky.
3: You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call
2: 8-8-8-8 Sparky. All right, here we go. McLarty Daniel Hotline getting a lot of good suggestions. Uh, maybe instead of shaving the head, you get you a a fryer tuck. Oh, the uh, <laughs> Robin Hood. Yeah. Stevens offered a free head shave for you. Uh, Tyler in Greenwood says, let's just send DQ. She'd probably do a better job, honestly. Oh, well, there's no doubt about that. Oh. And, uh, Brandon in Paris says, Ty needs to learn to play O-line to help improve the record. I don't think we want, uh, Ty's, uh, want- 202-pound frame there on the line.
5: No, nah, so. one, one, 185, yeah, thank you. I
2: like think you bulked up a little you bit. You want, there, uh, buddy. you want Dallas. Looks like State, these man. road trips hadn't treated you too well. Maybe we need to put you Gosh, up in a hotel with a, with a gym. Maybe we need to do.
5: Maybe that's, maybe that's this what we need morning. to do. I need you to be polite <laughs> when we're on the golf course tomorrow. You need me tomorrow. to lift you
2: up. Yeah, uh-huh. when we're on the golf course tomorrow, I need some. That's not where. Uh, that's not where guys get lifted up. Is on the golf course. Yeah, there's lot... the, the needle comes out even
5: more. Played yesterday. There was a lot of cursing. That was involved yesterday I am very bad. I, I think I've heard my play, dad. Were you playing the girls'
2: Inc. tournament? Yes, I, that's I, a good event. It is. I,
5: I've. I think I've heard my dad curse twice in my entire life. I've cursed more on one whole one one shot of golf <laughs> than I think my dad has sworn in his and entire boy, life. Boy, is he proud! I don't know why he's proud, to be honest. But I, I've got to abstain from the language that is often used on the Just, golf course. You're not any
2: good, right? So why do you expect to hit it good?
5: Have You tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale. It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space
8: Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing.
2: All right, Big C, what happened this weekend?
8: Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm going to get this one out of the way early. Dre Greenlaw and the 49er defense absolutely smothered the Cowboys offense in a 42-10 win. Greenlaw had five solo tackles and one pass des- deflection. And We talk about how good this defense is. They put on a clinic on Sunday.
2: I thought we talked about how good the Cowboys defense was. We
8: did, but yeah. man. The 40- what happened to Micah Parsons? The 49ers is on another level. Yeah, he had no impact. Yeah, uh, was yeah Greenlaw
2: was the man in that game. Stud.
5: Absolute stud. That San Francisco defense and offense is for real. Purdy's got that thing rolling.
2: All right, what else happened, Chris? Brandon Allen's still there, too, right? The Back up. So you yes. got you got two Fayetteville Bulldogs on the 49ers.
8: And the owner is I think Catholic High graduate, if I remember that right. Okay. All right, the Arizona Cardinals lost to the Bengals 34 to 20 on Sunday, but we're able to have a pretty good day on the ground thanks to Yelda Froholt and that O line. They rushed for 142 yards. All right. All right, and the Patriots 34 to nothing lost to the Saints. Tight end Hunter Henry was only targeted twice, didn't have a catch. Man, the last two weeks, the Patriots have been outscored 72 to 7 Ooh. and Dietrich Wise also he had four solo tackles three assisted man that was not a great performance by the Patriots defense
5: yeah they uh they got stroked on both sides of football Jones is not an NFL quarterback it's not gonna work it, people were blaming Patricia last year but it's it's Mac Jones one thing to have success in Alabama with the best wide receivers offense line of running backs in the college ranks It's the NFL, and it's not going to work out for him in New England.
8: It is not looking good there. And Traylon Burks, for the second week in a row, did not play. The Titans lost 23-16, so it looks like they could have used him. They lost to the Colts, which was a little surprising to me conference game or just a divisional game and yeah. two so yeah, that was, that's
2: that cost me in my pro picking contest, it is, That th- game they yeah.
5: struggle man i don't yeah. know what the titans deal is
8: against the colts they can't beat the indianapolis colts for some reason yeah burks appears to be still dealing with a knee injury he got in the preseason all right cameron curl for the commanders he had four solo tackles three assisted on thursday night against the bears another surprising game the washington defense did not show up at all they gave up 40 points to the bears Dub Bears. Dub Bears. Yeah, that was the most surprising. You had the passing, unfortunately, of Dick
5: Butkus, and the Bears finally won a yeah. game. So they played inspired that night. Should have changed my pick.
2: That was, what, Thursday? Is that the yeah, Thursday game? Yeah, should have changed my pick after the passing of Dick Buckus So they played inspired, clearly. Yes,
8: they did. And the Detroit Lions, they rushed for 159 yards on the ground Sunday in their 42-24 win over the Panthers. Frank Ragnow and the Detroit Lions, O-Line, has protected golf well this season. Yep, Jared Goff and the Lions are going to win the NFC North. My Packers played horrific.
5: Jordan Love, three interceptions last night. Uh, it's just, uh, he looked good at points
8: this season, but it's going to be an up-and-down year, and Packers ain't winning the North this year. And how many times are we going to say this again, or have we said this, the Lions are 4-1. and one. Yeah, they look good,
5: including an open, opening night win against the Kansas City Chiefs. That is a, a football team, a playoff team. Don't know if they'll make it to the NFC Championship game, but I don't think there's a lot of people that are pushing back on what Dan Campbell's doing there in Detroit.
2: All right, that's your Pro Hog update. It is brought to you by Lindsay & Associates. They are celebrating their 50th year in the real estate business. They're the leading real estate company in northwest Arkansas. Hey, whether you're listing, selling, or leasing, Lindsay & Associates can help you with all of your real estate needs. They have over 200 professionally trained agents, three convenient locations. They're in Fayetteville, they're in Rogers, they're in Bentonville. It's Lindsay & Associates. They're the winning choice. Go to lindsay.com to search all current real estate inventory at Lindsay and Associates. We bring great neighbors together.
5: All right, before we talk to Tom Murphy on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, let's talk to our friend Verl, who's been waiting patiently. Verl, we appreciate you holding on with us, man. What do you have for us <laughs> on a Tuesday?
3: Man, I, I was going to talk about the, the liver and onion. Ooh. I sat at my table for three hours I I didn't eat it, and I still got a butt with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it was worth it, wasn't it? Man, it was worth it. <laughs> Liver and onion. And then, Ty, Ty, I like you, Ty. I listen to y'all every morning. But you got to listen
2: to the old people. <laughs> when, you, when you get married, you get another mama. Yeah. You're not going to run the house. What would you say earlier? Marriage is about honesty? Isn't that, isn't that what he said, girl <laughs> That's what he said. Straighten him out. Ty, <laughs> your wife is going to run the house.
3: I promise you.
5: So I should. I'm looking forward to that. I guess is, is that what you're suggesting that I should just look forward and await my doom in that situation? What well, do you think well, you should them. be running
2: the house? Do you think you're qualified to run the house? When, when y'all say, "One thing I'm suggesting to you, Ty, is listen to the older people."
5: Okay, or the middle-aged people in this case.
3: It's not going to work the way you're doing it.
5: Yeah, there's there's probably a lot of truth and validity to that, being at the state of life on no, him.
3: Ain't
2: no truth. Ask Tommy. <laughs> He's <his right> <laughs> he said right in front of me. And I know Tommy's on his house. Yeah. No. Don't even want to. No. Hey, th- that's the deal, bro. I don't and don't want to. Man,
3: I don't want
5: to either. De- it's so. de- it's, it sounds like uh, delegating to a certain degree. Oh, no. no. There's no delegating. You just... There's
3: no delegating. Okay. All right. Now well, you're, okay. You get delegated, too. You know, especially yeah, on crash going you know. to delegate. Yeah. You're not going to delegate nothing. Dictate,
5: is it, sounds like, okay, she's Dictate dictating, be, dictating um, dictating's the better word, or she's dictating the, uh. how rough her
2: edges are, yeah.
5: you know. Okay. All right, well, Verl, I appreciate the, I appreciate. Don't, the, say, uh, don't I appreci-
3: say dictating, say delegating. Yeah. Like a del- don't, don't
5: say that. Okay, all righty. But well, she's in charge. Well, that's good advice. I will. I will do my best to heed it when I encounter that situation in five man, I, years, I, I ten like, years, twenty I, years. I, I like
3: you a whole lot, man. You are a good dude. I like listening to you.
2: I appreciate but that. You remember the long road, bro. <laughs>
5: <laughs> You're the only one that you likes
2: listening to me. not gonna work for you, man. We it's get, not gonna work for you. We still got you time to straighten you him out, bro. We still got time. There's still time on the clock.
3: But he he got you right beside him. He didn't listen to you. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'll it, put my arm around him. I'll get I'll, I'll. get him straightened
5: out. Pop said I wasn't great at constructive criticism growing up, so there's probably, uh, it's probably continued on. I'm not on. criticizing you. I'm just you with, the, with,
3: with God love, the truth. Okay. The
5: truth. <laughs> All right. Well, Verl, we appreciate you listening and calling in. Uh, it's always good to hear from you, man. All
2: right, buddy. What Verl is telling you is God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Okay. So you can listen twice as much as you talk. Yeah. Yeah.
5: All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Back to the McCarty Daniel (laughs) hotline where our friend Tom Murphy is. I'm
2: glad you just glossed right over that. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I
5: I did not hear a word you just said. Someone that Uh actually listens to his wife and also listens to Sam Pittman is Tom Murphy with Whole Hog Sports (laughs) and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, you wrote a good, I really liked your column recently uh, that you just wrote and just talking about variety of things you made some good points it's the longest losing streak this football team has had under Sam Pittman since 2020 um they KJ pressing you touched on a couple things what did you notice in the words that Sam Pittman said yesterday that we had in our open about KJ pressing yesterday
9: well you know you can you can see in his press conferences right now that he's doing um a lot of reflection he he knows fans are really upset and As he pointed out twice, the question I asked him, and it wasn't super well phrased, but it was just basically about, do you believe the guys can, you know, put off the the losses in a row and just really focus on the game to game? And he got kind of in depth about it and just said the BYU game is the one that hangs over them Mm because that was the one they were supposed to win. Yep. And y'all, I swear that that crew just had it out for them. They, They were looking for penalties, and it was a huge amount of penalties, and two or three of them that were. So questionable, but I'm going to stop talking about that. Um, and and so his answer was, we're still a good team. I mean, no, people might look at us and say we're not, but we're a good team. And I know that he's he's telling his players that. And I don't doubt that they'll have a, a good game plan for Alabama. But here, here's what I think: they need to have some fun on offense. They just look so constricted and so like, oh, if this you know the run game's not going, then what are we going to do? And you know they've converted some long distance pass plays mm-hmm. um, over the last couple of games. But the percentages of you doing that time and again, like the way they went down the field um, on their first uh, possession against, um, it might've been a and M, but, or they, they were converting a lot of third and long or maybe the LSU game, the percentages of you doing that time and again are just so low. Yeah. Um, so they, they have to do something to have more fun and KJ needs to be maybe on the move more, um, because they just look like so um, oh, constipated on offense, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, are you saying they're full just, of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, and we know KJ's capable. We know Rockets capable. And and so they've they just got to find ways to get get some steam going, get some forward momentum, um, uh, and also be healthy enough after this Alabama game because, you know, the odds are against them. Huge underdog. Uh to be able to finish strong um, that Arkansas should never have to face a schedule like they just did because what it does is it sets up issues like what they're having right now you've lost four games in a row three of them have been tough SEC West games away from home and it's just not conducive
2: yeah here's what i took out of the 30 plus minutes yesterday particularly with the offensive line but i don't i think it goes beyond that with this team it's in their head a little bit i mean it, you know right now you know they're they're having the, the the false starts and some of the things up front because it's in their head. And, and I think right now there's a lot of self doubt that they're trying to trying to get sh- shored up. Did you take that impression away from some of the comments he made yesterday?
9: Um, no question. And when and when you're losing the games the, the way you are, uh, it creeps in. Um, and I, I do believe Sam Pittman and his staff are are you know positive reinforcement type coaches, um, but. I'll give you a for instance. At practice yesterday, uh, Deke Adams had the guys on the sled, and he was he was saying "hut, hut" and moving and like not moving the ball. He had the ball on the stick, and the whole deal was to fire out when the ball moved because they've had some of those where. And Eric Gregory's had a had a solid year and had some good plays the other day, but he jumped off sides on the third and fifteen, and he's right over the ball. I mean, you just can't do that. And so, yeah, I think. I think everybody wants to make plays because they're losing and it is in their head a little bit. Um, yeah, I think you're right.
5: Tom Murphy with us here on the Cardi Daniel hotline. You mentioned the third down situation, Tom. I felt like that during the course of that game, Sam Pippen didn't elect to go initially for that first field goal. He explained that a little bit yesterday. And then the third and nine QB draw call. I mean, at this situation, yeah. don't you just go for the the win, like, I felt like they, they played conservative two or three times in that football game in Oxford Saturday night.
9: Well, yeah, the third and nine quarterback run, which looked designed. Um, I think maybe you give yourself more of a chance cause, cause none of the quarterback runs had gotten a whole lot of yardage. Uh, they were shooting through gaps. I mean, you know, they were, they were running guys, man, in, into the, into the gaps. Um, And I know someone pointed out, uh, sent a video out on, you know, the Internet that if KJ maybe had seen it better, that the edge might have been available. And I do think the outside defender had his outside arm free and and maybe could have released from the block and gotten to it. But anyway, yeah, I think I would have favored passing into the end zone at that point. Um, And, you know, people have talked about Tesla not Mm -hmm. getting enough separation and stuff where he was so good in camp cuz we saw this play over and over was running outbreaking stuff where a defender would be in tight coverage but KJ would throw the ball right on the sideline and Tesla made so many good catches so play to their strengths we saw so many screens for Isaiah satania in spring and fall I just thought that was going to be a staple mm-hmm. i've mentioned that on your show so many times where has that gone if you get a couple of good blocks on the edge And so has got the ball in his hands. Even if it's at the line of scrimmage, it could break. And they just haven't done that a lot. And so so I don't know the the reasoning and the logic. We we don't get to see the whole practice. And I've gone off on a tangent that I don't even know what (laughs) you're originally.
2: You're good. (laughs) All right, so, Tom, let's get you out of here on this. You're playing a a stellar Alabama defense that has awoken over the last four games or so. They're holding their opponents to season-low point production. How does Arkansas manage to score enough points with an anemic offense, or as you described it, I believe it's constipated. Uh, how do they manage to get enough points on the board to be in the game in the fourth quarter?
9: Well, you know, that is a great question. Um, they've got to be, they've got to be really good in the kicking game. You know, they got a touchdown out of it there two years ago in that 42 to 35 game. Um, they can't have any shank punts and give opponents short field. Um, I think they've got to possess the ball, you know, you can see what their game plan was to, to hold the ball for long periods of time. And they did that some. In the LSU game, uh, they had some long drives. And last week, their first drive, even though they converted some, you know, low, low um, percentage third down plays and stuff, they maintained the ball. And when you do that, you put a little pressure on um, and, on opposing offenses. Um, you know, keep Milrow uh, from, from killing him with his legs that's a huge deal Um, and score in the red zone. I mean, you know, the the quarterback draw we were just talking about was a red zone deal where, you know, they were on the four yard line before a false start by Latham. So I don't know. They really have to maximize all their scoring opportunities. It's uh, and believe they can win when they, when they get off the plane, even though you've lost four games in a row, you have to just believe that if you execute all the things you can do, you'll have a chance. And honestly, I think Alabama, coming off that huge deal against A&M, they might be in the same place mentally as Ole Miss was because Ole Miss, that's such a peak against LSU, and Arkansas had a really good defensive game plan in that game. And so I don't think they're giving up, um, and um, I think they're going to put forth a decent game plan against Bama.
3: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
0: This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite-only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
3: You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People
2: Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.